welcome to the Code Life podcast with me, Colbeach, and my great mate Nathan Blackaby. And we're Hello, back mate. in the CVM office, sitting apart from each other, such is the sign of we the times. And, um, for those of you that have been following the podcast regularly, we um, started to look at a book, uh, last one we did, called The Professor in the Cage Why Men Fight and Why We Like to Watch by Jonathan Gottshaw, which is an amazing book and we were looking at the history of Julian but since then hmm. um, something's cropped up out there we did want to address so we're not going to look at fighting this week we, we thought we'd look at some other stuff but uh, just to say as well we've just come to the end of uh, a season a 12 week season of our Sunday night show and it's felt like a long one hasn't it mate, and yeah, so it has, mate. Yeah. just come out of that last night so here we are again uh, content producing uh, <laughs> the next day and heading up to our Christmas cracker show on the 12th of, of December yeah, well on that, Saturday well, this will be so, this will go, so we would have done that yeah. already so when you hear this hopefully you would have seen us uh, do a whole few bits and pieces so there yep. we go um, there's so much going on mate and it's hard to keep on, up with it a lot going on but what has happened is that in um, recent weeks there's been some fallout um, in a major church movement, my my daughter actually goes to Hillsong London, um, but in Hillsong New York, uh, the guy who's described as celebrity pastor, uh, <coughs> Carl Lentz, yeah, um, some devastating news uh, came out that he had been having a an affair over a period of time. Um, during the pandemic lockdowns as well actually I think yeah and uh, he had lost his job as has his wife uh, lost her job as pastors of Hillsong New York this is the guy who was um, you know they call him a celebrity pastor or pastor yeah. to celebrities yeah. like Justin Bieber yep. went to his church and all that kind of stuff and um, a whole load of revelations have since started to come out other apparently other women are coming forward and, and this is not a this is not an attack on Carl um, Lentz. But we did think, you know, with guys like Joe Rogan commenting on it, and they, by the way, the mission had taken the mick out of him for years, and now they're saying, oh, yeah. there you go, we all knew this was going to happen. We thought, actually, this would be a timely moment to yeah. to look at a whole culture of, on it. Yeah. yeah, how do we stand a narrow path? Yeah. What's gone on here? What, what maybe was in the culture of that church? This causes to happen. And we now know, obviously, he's lost his job. She lost her job. And there's a whole bunch of... His wife of lost her job as well. Yeah, they sacked her as well. See, this so is that's interesting. an interesting one. So yeah. we can talk about that. So I'm just... I'm looking this up, mate, as you're yeah. talking. I'm just, I'm just having a look, because some people will obviously be doing the same who maybe not heard heard of Carl. So married since 2003 yeah. uh, to Laura. Three kids. Yeah. Um, so obviously Brian Houston was his sort of boss. Raised him up, I think. You know, raised came him up. the Hillsong Academy. And it says in leadership issues, and so he's been fired uh, by the global pastor Brian Houston for leadership issues, breaches of trust, yeah. and moral failures. There's quite a lot going on. Well, there's been a whole bunch of articles written about this already, and I think people often jump too quick, particularly people who wanted, you know. Yeah wanted the Hillsong to come down, you know. But clearly there's been stuff around um, integrity, treatment of people. Someone wrote a blog about what it was like to serve 
in Hillsong. Um, okay. And, you know, the kind of remoteness of their leaders, you know, quite untouchable. You know, if you're in a congregation, if you're an ordinary congregant of yeah. Hillsong, you could say, well, it was a size, but you can't get to Carl, you know, Carl Lentz. You can't yeah, yeah, get to the yeah, senior yeah. leaders. Um, they become like superstars, aren't they? Like, like untouchable superstars on very big money, you know, yeah. huge salaries and all the kit, all the gear. So you've got, you've got it saying here, he had about 9,000 attendees across oh, six huge. weekly services just yeah. at the Hillsong, New York City. There's a big platform. It's yeah. a big platform. A lot of pressure, a lot of spotlight. And you think, mm. and you're doing that, everyone in that culture see this thing in the culture everyone hangs on your every word yeah. like you are the source of wisdom knowledge you set the fashion trends have you ever seen that um there's an instagram thing features and sneakers have you seen that mm. well it features all these celebrity features and their clothing and it puts the price tag on it now mm. if you were to actually photograph us at the moment I'm Mate. wearing a pair of next jeans that I'm holding. Yeah. I got when I was beaten up, I, the whole pair of my jeans, and I fell over. Yeah. I got beaten up. Mm. And then, uh, poke my foot. <laughs> <laughs> You're, and a, and a, and a. Oh, mate. Yeah, next, and I've got a. I've got a satty jumper, which I put a more newer jumper on. Yeah. So you've got, yeah, you've got, you're a bit stained up there. A bit stained up. Yeah, a bit, yeah. Of, bit of dog hair in your beanie yet. Dog hairs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. But this preachers and sneakers, if you go to it, I'll try and find it now. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll get it on it. Let preachers just, and sneakers. Yeah, let me find it on Instagram. I think it's Instagram. Oh, it's Instagram, is it? Yeah, let me have a little look. I think I follow them. Preachers and sneakers. Preachers and sneakers. <laughs> preachers and sneakers. It's funny. So he, uh, he basically works out the value of what they're wearing. Yeah. Wow. I put in preachers. He's saying, make pastors uncool again. Yeah, but the person clever. who said that is like really cool. Very clever. Yeah, but the person who said that is like really cool. So here we go. This is one here. Okay. So the guy who said, that John Cooper, this mm. is a picture of him. The person who said, uh, make pastors uncool again. Um, anyway, look, he's quite cool. He's a cool looking he's dude. He's a cool looking dude. But anyway, like here's Steve Furtick and a few others. Um, mm. I think it's short. Oh no, what am I doing? Right, so they're wearing. There you go. And what it does is it puts the the value of their clothes. So he's priced up his jumper. How much is that jumper worth? Two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars. Let's find a let's find a sneakers one. Oh, Duxy, uh, five hundred dollars sneakers. Wow! See now, th this this uh, Instagram page is full of people wearing three, four, five hundred dollar sneakers, thousand dollar sneakers. Oh, here's another one. Look, five hundred dollar jumper. All right. Yeah. So interesting. Now, we're not saying don't wear decent clothes, but but there's a there's something going on here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mate, some of the images as well. It just—it's not only clothes. It like the body images of Carl Lentz, and this is something that Rogan picked up. We probably wouldn't use the same terminology as he did on on a podcast, anyway. Even though we have talked about it, but he basically said some of those pictures. He's 
he's trying to make people look at his penis. Trying to make people look there, yeah. Yeah, he is. So shorts and trousers are so low. Yeah. And and tight. Yeah. That they're making you. Yeah. They're making you look. Yeah. At him in a sexualized way. And and you've got guys wearing fashion items, jumpers, tight-fitting jeans, expensive trainers. Yeah. That make you value appearance and fashion and your body higher than anything else. So, you know, mm. traditionally, vicars wore high collars because it was peasant dress that became the dog collar. You know, monks wore robes because it took you away from you. Yeah. It wasn't about you anymore. Yeah. You know, it says in the Bible to, to dress modestly. Um, do you have a yeah. problem with the sound? No, no, just checking oh, it, just oh, checking okay. it. Yeah, and so all of this, and then you look at the whole celebrity culture, and clearly it's very, very heavily sexualized. Very, um, uh, what should we say? Um, look at me. Look at how cool I am. This is an interesting I'm setting one. a trend here. And then people start, like, they're listening to you every word. Yeah. They're following the way you dress. You're setting a fashion trend. Justin Bieber's hanging out with you. You start to believe your own propaganda. Mm. You know, people tell you you're amazing all the time. You've got, you know, half a million followers on social media. Yeah. And it builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. And then but what happens in the background, you start to get dissatisfied with your life. You start to get dissatisfied with the ordinary, you know, yeah. what thing, like nice ordinary things become mundane and boring. And you're constantly craving that affirmation, yeah. that stroke, that kind of, you're amazing. And the next thing you know, you've got some woman looking at you. She's looking in your eyes. She's laughing at all yeah. your jokes, paying you all the compliments. Your wife's getting a bit grumpy with you. Yeah. Bang. Yeah, Nightmare. Done. Done. done you are undone mm. so there's a failing in the system and there's a failing you, go on I'm just wondering do you think it's it's coming from a place of genuine motives to to contextualise the bible Christianity teaching the gospel in a way that is contemporary for the society we're in so you know we want to reach young people so do I then go out and get some skinny fit jeans, try and look like them, fit in, and make my gospel presentation or the way I talk about theology look relevant to the way they understand the world? So I'm wondering, is it a, in a sense, it's an innocent mistake yeah. that this culture of celebrity Christianity kind of pastors exists? Because it's come about well, maybe. where well, society is. Maybe, but then you've got to look at the wider pictures. So... You know, like Taze, these monks that yeah. Taze worship, young people flock to them. They're a bunch of old boys singing yeah. choral music, right? Not got their yeah. private on show. But then, no, but then, um, I, you know, I'm the last person to kick a man when he's down and he needs space to rebuild his marriage. And, and we, we need to pray for Carl Lentz yeah. and his wife, Laura. Yeah. And we do, honestly. And my daughter's part of that church, you know. Yeah. Like, but. He's now renting a 15000 or whatever it is, dollar a month beach house. He's got all the kit, all the stuff, the 100-inch yeah. telly. You know, not being funny, you live in a very modest house. In yeah. Essex. I, I live on an ex-council estate in Stavian, yeah. old mining village. Yeah. You can, you know, if it was about the image to be contextual in the gospel, 
well, fine, but, mm. but, but you lead a humble life in the background. Yeah. Because I think what this does stuff does is maybe you started there, mm. but maybe it takes you to places you don't want to go. I think that's it. We started with the idea, let's be relevant for young people, let's meet people that, so the rich are become rich, the poor become poor, but then it becomes your identity. Yeah. And you start to you believe the propaganda. Do you know what, mate? I, I love reading, listening to, and hearing from the old guard of preachers. So you're Leonard Ravenhill, oh, yeah. David Wilkinson, Spurgeon. Paulson, David yeah, Paulson, yeah. all of that. And the thing I love about it is I think they held on to, and I actually think we might be losing this, mm. is a genuine belief that scripture has power on its own to change lives. Yeah. You ain't got to put it in skinny fit jeans. You ain't got to do a lot of contextualisation. No, <laughs> the, the the power of the Bible works. When you look at the gathering, yeah. and you look at like, the events we're putting on at the moment, yeah, we muck about. Yeah. There's no masses of production. We do put production, but we're not slick. It's we're not about because we enjoy it. Yeah, That's it's the fun, thing. and it's you know it's Saturday night light entertainment yeah, type yeah. vibe. Yeah, but if it's all about the lights, the performance, the show, the slickness, yeah. the appearance, nah, that's where it goes wrong. So. What went really wrong here? What went really wrong? Was it that no one got alongside and went, yeah. you're being a turd, you're actually being an idiot? Did the culture create a place where no one could actually say that? I wonder if no one saw it, mate. Because you think you're surrounded by people that are aspiring to look and be like you and you're all, you're all swimming in the same direction. So who were the voices around him that said, mate, hang on a minute, like, you need to check your ego a bit here, or where's your heart? He obviously thought it was untouchable. Yeah. Mate, it's scary, isn't it? Well, and it could be all end up there. Well, well easy, easy. Yeah. I think that's an important thing to know. So how have we not ended up there? Because um, you tell me when I've been an idiot, and I'll tell you the same. Yeah. We haven't got the the Malibu tan he's got, have we? We're got the body ex-Essex either. blokes <laughs> doing our best, but not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't pay ourselves too much. Don't pay yourself too much. Accountability, honesty. Um, you can have an accountability group, right? And lie. You can. You can. Yeah. So, the only way to really do it, maybe, is is not just tokenistic accountability but actually living each other's lives a little bit like really genuine yeah. raw yeah and have a good you know if you've got nothing to hide you've got nothing to worry about yeah yeah but this stuff creeps in it's not I don't think Carl suddenly found himself going from point A to point B overnight it's that subtle boundary being pushed down you, like, like you said you just step off one degree and a year later, you're 12 degrees off. That's it. And it's it's so all in the one degree, isn't it? Yeah. You you take one degree off. That's it. I'd said the Johnny Palmer RF part, didn't I? Yeah. I can't remember exactly what he said now. But I said, if I fly from Heathrow to Vancouver and I'm yeah. one degree off, of course, how much I miss the airport by, this is something like 180 miles. Mm. Something ridiculous. Mm. But you can't even see the, the route. You wouldn't know it. Wouldn't you feel wouldn't it. You wouldn't feel it. It's subtle. And then over many miles, you look back and think, oh, lost the path I really lost the path so he had lost the path until finally he got found out and he didn't confess apparently what happened was his his messages were sinking to his computer and someone saw it he was pinging all these sexting yeah. messages and it cropped up on his computer at work that's how he got found out 
Now, for that to happen, clearly he just feels untouchable. Yeah. He's got to a point where he's thrown in. He's got all in. All in. It's the siren song, and I messaged you that. It's that old tale, isn't it, of the, the, the ship's captain, and he's sailing the ship, and the others on board can't hear the sirens singing. And it's these women, mermaids, under the water, and they're calling him. And, the, and the, it's a really interesting bit of poetry. It's like, I lost the king's commands in my heart. I couldn't hear him anymore. Yeah. All I could hear was the siren's song. And they grab him, pull him down to the depths and drown him. Wow. And it's, uh, it's lust, it's temptation. It's But it's having the ability to hear that song. Yeah. So I'm not going to play so, the tune. I'm not going with so it. Well, let's, let's cut to the chase. Yeah. Blokes have high sex drives. Not all blokes, a lot mm. of blokes. Mm. How do um, how does a man with a high sex drive stop himself being dragged under by the mermaids? Well, that's kind of the hard question. And and another, just to add into this, I think another, I can't, I can't, um, kind of, I can't kind of create a story about why Laura, his wife, was also involved and in, in, perhaps a disciplinary thing. Well, I, I think that's part of their culture, like cut the, problem weird, yeah. cut the problem out. Yeah. Oh, we don't, you know. But certainly when there's... Bad, it's bad. Yeah. I, I would say that not every... How can I word it? I think affairs like this are often... There's issues on both sides. And it might be 30, 70, you know. Something's gone on. Something's happening. Yeah, we don't know the full story. Yeah. This is, it's all conjecture. It's all yeah. coming down yeah. on Carl's face. Yeah. But maybe something else is going on. It could, it could have had an unhappy marriage, you know. And, and But I'm not saying it's okay I'm saying that those cracks in the armour those little chinks those well let's call it mm. so Paul says doesn't he don't don't withhold yourself from your husband yeah apart from when you want to pray yeah <laughs> but actually what he's trying to say is you need to you need to satisfy those yeah. urges yeah. together meet each you, other's needs you've got to meet each other's sexual needs yeah that's important yeah and if you don't People implode or explode, don't they? Yeah. Well, and you start seeing these fault lines under hidden under the yeah. foundation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think calling this stuff out is really important. Um, but I think there is a big, a bigger narrative here, like we're trying to uncover of why this stuff even exists, why we've got these mega church well, celebrity this is a, pastors. This is a big, big question, isn't it? I think. If one thing COVID has done, it's been a healthy disruptor. Yes, so this is interesting. It's, it's been a healthy it? disruptor. And I think, mm. you know, I'm working on this stuff at the edge. We're looking at what we're doing with CVM. Yeah. I think mm. the, the deconstruction of the celebrity mega church mm. and getting back to grassroots work in the margins with the unreached, the lost, forgotten, hurting, broken people. Yeah, raising up new voices. But, mate, isn't it interesting? Yeah. The church rushed back to a platform. Well, they wanted to. So, for isn't it years, great to be yeah, back for in years church? we have said, no, for years we have said, church ain't about Sundays or buildings. Yeah. We've been preaching it from pulpits. Yeah. Turns out when the crisis came, actually, it was. <laughs> Everyone wanted to rush back to Egypt. Let's all get back to what we did before. No, we just want to get back to normal. I don't want to get back to normal. I want to get back to the most effective way to reach the most hurting, lost, poor, and broken yeah. people. And that's got to be the multiplication of micro-church, yep. releasing of leaders, raising up new leaders, yep. finding new ways of training leaders and deploying and, people. And you've said this before, and it really stuck with me, and it's leaders who you wouldn't necessarily look and say, there's a leader. 
Exactly it's right. people who are on the margins thinking to themselves, well, I'll never be a church leader because I'm messed up and I love Jesus. And I can't write essays about eschatology. I don't understand the words. Yeah. How do we empower those people? Yeah. So our, even our methods of training people we have and selecting people, we're selecting yeah. people who are good on their feet, yeah. good up front, yeah. you know, hold a platform, educated, educated write an yeah. essay. Yeah. Well, honestly, I want to say screw that. Time for something totally different, totally new. Yeah. You know, find new patterns of training people, finding people, deploying people from working class, broken yeah. communities too, yeah. who, who will reach people on these estates. Yeah. Now, you drove me to my house earlier. Yeah, I did. To drop a little yeah, did, thing yeah. off. And then, what can you say about it? You say it's a bit bleak. Well, <coughs> I had a feeling this had come up. <laughs> so, bear in mind it's winter. Yeah, it's, well, yeah. Everything's damp, it's dark early. It is. It's got a bleak feel to it. I have to say. Well, it's an old mining community <laughs> council estate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where yeah. I live. Yeah. So. But you were fine about it in the car. You said, "Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally get it." No, yeah, but that's why I'm living there for yeah, a reason. No, I get you. And what we need is leaders coming out of those communities. Exactly. Elders, church, church yeah. leaders. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. People coming out of those communities yeah. and reaching their their neighbours for Christ. Yeah. Why do we put all the investment? into university towns and cities with slick people. Mm. Now, I need to call it some of our, our biggest church planting movements. Even they go to a deprived place, mm. it all looks cool. It just looks cool. Yeah. It looks amazing. You know, in, in some of the most deprived northern areas, they go to a place, they make it beautiful. Set it up. And slick, yeah, yeah. Stuff for the graduates, multiple God, staff. Yeah. And I'm like, the bloke down the road, Called you know Brian who yeah. worked under a pit for twenty years. Yeah, yeah. He'd never be part of that. Grease on his hands. He doesn't want to touch anything like that. Yeah, no. and his wife Elaine. <laughs> Elaine. <laughs> she ain't never going to be part of that. Nah. So even our church point when they're going to areas of deprivation, choose a sleep bit where the students are. Mm. And what we need is is people now going to turn away from the celebrity culture stuff. Mm. The five hundred dollar. Trainers to this day, I'm think I'm going to live as a poor live. I'm going to get into those communities. I'm going to do something new, mm. um, and I'm going to call out this celebrity culture mm. thing. Now, is there a place for people having a platform and a voice? Well, of course there is, because we've, we've slightly got that. That's we what try we try and use it. Yeah, we use it, but we keep ourselves as best as possible yeah, yeah. on a narrow path and humble. But yeah. we don't get paid a million dollars a year, so that. Yeah, it's calling this stuff out though, isn't it? When you see it, yeah, and not in a judgmental way, but in a no. But I just think this, this needs a response because Carl is not actually evil. No, he's 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 a victim. He's a victim, yeah, and he's... and we and and we have inadvertently been the perpetrators of the crime mm. by by idolizing these people, being um, sharing their soundbites, sharing their soundbites. Being curious about their lifestyle, even when we've been negging, complaining about it, what we should have done is not negged and complained and gone, Carl, mate, you're 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 on a dark path. I mean, we should have we should have seen that coming. Mm. Mate, I've got a question here. I wonder if 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 a dimension of the church's prophetic edge has been, and this is I'm just thinking this on the spot here. I'm wondering if some of the church, as we know it today, its prophetic 
vision, edge, connection, understanding that God brings is in some way numb. Numb. Blunted. And, and numb, blunted, and actually blurred. Well, where are the prophets about coronavirus? That's what I'm saying. You saw it. Mate, something that would shut down most churches across the world. Basically, the building. Yeah. Who called no it? No one saw it. Who called it? I didn't hear anyone tell us it was coming. And we're, we, we claim to have a gift of prophecy. So my question is, what's happening? Why aren't we hearing? And I, I do wonder if the, the church's ability to have a prophetic voice well, has changed. Has God stopped speaking to Has us? he stopped speaking? In, in those particular ways of revelation? Do you know where I, I see know. God speaking most is where there's a heart for the most poorest, the hurting, the mm. lost. I think where we preach Christ crucified, yeah. the resurrection, we, yeah. we, we see God at work. Uh, we, we see it for sure for ourselves. I mean, my church yeah. Redeemer King in Chesterfield has grown during yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. I was amazed because I don't count numbers, but my ops mm. manager guy, mm. he, he did a little count. I'm like, really? With that many people? And people come to Christ yeah. and we've got a queue of people to be baptised. There's a hunger for truth, mate. If you preach the truth, mm. you don't need the $500 sneakers. Big now, we screens. know people yeah. and they're all about that. Yeah. It's all let's get the image right and yeah, my photo no, of me my, my photo of me and my coffee. The photo of me, you know, getting fit and putting me nice clothes on. I'm like, no. It's not about that. Not about that. It's about him crucified. Mm. Jesus Christ and mm. power of the resurrection. Mm. But it comes back to that thing of do you still believe the Bible can really transform lives without you in skinny jeans? And a smoke machine. Yeah. The answer is yes. Yes. We saw it. What I must never forget is um, the first year of the gathering, didn't order enough toilets, Ugh. grumpy barman, Ugh. oh, it's terrible, um, not enough showers, bad water supply, <laughs> ropey tents, terrible setup. I had to help put up myself and I can't do DIY, it's shocking. <laughs> I came to the room and I shattered. But about 30 men gave their lives to Christ. Wow. And he proper wanted it. Yeah. The second year was probably. But by the third, fourth, fifth year, it was pretty good. 2016, we wrote off. We didn't officially happen because it was terrible. But we've seen over a thousand men come to Christ. And um, I think we had a smoke machine last year, which I bitterly regret. (laughs) But but it's war. It's just real. War, real truth. Thing is, mate, do you remember, it might have been last year, uh, 2018. No, last year was 19. 2019, <laughs> wait, this year's gone. The um, the generator ran out of diesel. Oh yeah, and and the music the faded. Shut down. There was no power, music no lights, no smoke machine. No, we had a bunch no of bagpipes. And Raoul on the trumpet, and yeah. they were worshiping in there like you never right. heard before. Shall I tell this story? Right? Cool. So what happened there was the power went, and um, it was a debacle. It was a final morning. <laughs> we had two and a half, two thousand eight hundred people, whatever, in a big tent. No power, all in the dark. So the bagpipe bloke starts playing. A lot of panicking. A lot of panicking in the <laughs> background. Not by us. No, call cool like, as, cool as you like. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyway, bagpipe bloke starts playing and the uh, trumpet bloke starts playing. And then uh, we said a few things. Anyway, short or later, I was asked to do a church weekend. And it was all in the diary. Mm. And then we had an open testimony sharing time, right? And this old, this old lady gets up and she went, let me play you this footage on my phone. He said, look at this. He said, this was a conference somewhere in the UK with thousands of men. He said, and they lost all power, and I don't know why. 
and someone starts playing the bagpipes and someone starts playing trumpet and look thousands of men are worshipping God she said when the spirit of God moves no. she said we don't need anything she said we just need the spirit of God she said and men got saved that morning men gave their lives She's to right, Christ she said, she, she, she said there were no lights no power just people. and she was playing this YouTube video of it and I went yeah, that's me, that me, love. That was my event. It all went wrong. <laughs> she was actually sharing it. Wow. Because actually, bottom line, all you need is the power of the Holy cool. Ghost. Yeah. Isn't it? That's cool. That's it. Yeah. There you go, mate. So, what you're saying is, I need to cancel my Amazon order on those trainers. Yeah, get, well, Karen, my wife, had a job at the Amazon warehouse. That's a story See, for now. That's a story Just for give another. a little teaser, a little teaser. Well, I think we should do a little podcast on the Amazon warehouse culture. Because you've unique. had a little insight. I've had a little insight. Quite unique. Mm. Maybe we'll talk about... Might put you off going prime. Might might put you off your prime membership. Let's see, we'll talk about that another time. That's the Code Life podcast with me, Carl Beats, Nathan Blackaby. Thanks for tuning in.